0: I went in there, I about threw up, right? I Have a little bit more social awareness. That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties, all right?
1: Another edition of the Budding Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio, a, a monumental uh, podcast to say the least. I'm Steve Barbera. As always, I'm with Johnny Gomez here. Johnny, what, what a week, man. What a couple of days. Obviously, if you've been living under a rock, the Rams have a new quarterback. Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff is out the door. I mean, just, it's so crazy. It was something that we probably all expect. Maybe not this specific quarterback, but a thing that we seemed like we were leaning more and more expecting to happen, happened, and it was still shocking.
2: Yeah, I I, I kind of covered that in, in my article that I wrote uh, earlier this week, you know, uh, shameless plug. Ram check
1: on that. Checked yeah, it out.
2: exactly. Um, the things we learned from, from this trade, I, I talked about how we knew we were going to move on from Jared Goff we just didn't know exactly how we didn't know if it was going to be an internal thing or if they were going to trade him. And I I knew that the likely outcome was going to be a trade, but the surprising nature of this is how soon they did it. It like <laughs> they wasted zero time, which is a good thing because that makes more continuity for the team moving forward, knowing, knowing exactly where they're going and what to look out for. So I, I think this is the right path. You know, if you're going to do it, do it right away. So kudos for actually being able to do it so quickly.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I, I picked out my phone like for a couple minutes on Saturday night and I pick it up eight minutes ago. The Rams traded Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. And it, it's just crazy, man. It moves so quickly. Like, I think you could tell that the relationship between Goff and Sean McVay and the Rams in general was deteriorating throughout the season. But it moved so quickly over the last, like, month, month and a half. And then really fucking quickly after that Packers game where it just, like, the comments from Les Need and Sean McVay, like, those were not things you say when your quarterback, when you believe in your quarterback, especially when Les Snead was like, it's a hard contract to move, but anything is possible in the salary cap. Like that was just basically Les Snead saying we are not keeping this guy like it was so blatant and it's it's just crazy how how quickly things move, man. And like we're, we're going to get into a lot of the details on this trade. That's all we're going to talk about today uh, because there's a, there's really a ton to talk about stafford truly is probably the best quarterback to be traded in the last i don't know since i can't remember 20 years the only guy who i think is comparable to in a trade he's not the best quarterback to move but in a trade the only quarterback i could really think of that was comparable is jay cutler in like 2008 um it's it, it's a really like quarterbacks don't hit the market that often and that's why like with deshaun watson if he does get traded it's probably going to be some, something insane. And this is an offseason where a lot of quarterbacks are going to be moving around. A lot of people contacted the Lions about Stafford. A lot of people have apparently contacted the Rams about Jared Goff for the trade. Uh, it seems like there might be an unprecedented amount of quarterback movement. And assuming Aaron Rodgers doesn't get traded, Stafford is probably going to be the second-best quarterback to be moved. Um, that's assuming that Deshaun Watson is being first. So, I mean, like... We're going to get into the details and everything, but if the Rams did want to make this happen and not go the drafting route, wanted to trade for a quarterback, this is probably the best guy that they could feasibly get. Um, if they wanted Deshaun Watson, they, they, it, from the reports we, that I heard, it seemed like they did inquire and the asking price was far above what they could pay or what they were willing to pay. And that's saying a lot considering what they did pay. But um, this is probably the best you were going to do. And yeah, I, I'm glad. Like first and foremost, I'm glad that they they were nimble and quick about it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think with with the trade the the trade options, and the funny thing is, I, I had several friends contact me about this, asking my thoughts and opinions. And you know, some some of my friends were basically asking me, "Do I think they should have gone after Deshaun Watson?" And the truth is, I would love for the Rams to have gone after Deshaun Watson. And from based on what reports are saying, they did inquire. But um, the asking price was just a little too high for the Rams, who had very limited options of what to trade anyway. I mean, in all reality speaking, they barely got a trade for Stafford. So I imagine a trade for Watson would be much, much more. So... That being said, I I would love nothing more than to get Watson, but it just it's not it's not practical, you know. Or, or maybe practical isn't the right word, but it's not possible. I would say for the Rams.
1: Right, it's like you can't say like, well, if they were going to trade for somebody, they should have traded for Deshaun Watson. Like, no, we we were not getting Deshaun Watson. It was very unlikely we were ever going to get Deshaun Watson. Uh, especially without a pick this year. And even if we had a pick, it's a late pick. Like, the the Jets are going to be offering the second pick and probably more for Deshaun Watson. Like, there's no way we could have topped that offer. They did say the Jets inquired about Stafford uh, on, on like, Friday night, but the Jets, they probably weren't putting number two on the table for, for Matthew Stafford. If they were, they would have Matthew Stafford on their football team. I think that's pretty safe to say. Um, while the Lions like Goff and they got a they got a big haul, like you're taking, you're probably taking Justin Fields over that package. I think, um, based on what we've seen, quarterbacks go for that, I mean, look at what Goff went for when we drafted him when we had to trade up. Look at what Carson Wentz it took to trade up for him. So, like, yeah, you're not you're not getting Deshaun Watson. Uh, the guys like you're comparing this to are like you're either getting Stafford or you're keeping Jared Goff you're moving up in the first round at the end of the first round to get a guy who falls there. Like I don't really know enough about the draft to like name players, but I've seen like Trey Lance is someone that was mentioned. Like if he slips in the first round, that's a guy you can go up and trade for. Uh, you're going after like the Derek cars of the world. Um, not that we would have gotten him, but like the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world. I, those are the types of players you would be saying if you move on from golf, that's who you're going to get. You're probably not getting Deshaun Watson. It, cl- clearly, we're not getting Deshaun Watson. If there was a sliver of hope that the Rams actually thought they could get Deshaun Watson, I don't think they make this trade until that happens. So you go out and you get a guy you like. Now, it's – so <laughs> there's so many places to start. I mean, let's, let's start with the details of the deal they gave up two first round picks future first round picks of so 2022 and 2023 they don't have one this year the jacksonville jaguars have it they also gave up a 2021 third now with that pick they are going to get a compensatory select pick in the third round a little after that pick ironically from detroit hiring brad holmes as their gm from our scouting department uh the rams get two compensatory picks for that and they gave and jared goff was the other asset in this trade obviously For Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford has two years left in his contract. There's a chance that the Rams restructure or extend him and add more to that time, but he will more than likely, barring a colossal meltdown or failure next year, be here for at least two years, Uh, and reports are he's going to play through that contract. Not that he really had a choice, I don't think, but... um, (laughs) Yeah. So like we said, they inquired about Watson. They couldn't get in. The rumor was they also inquired, inquired about Aaron Rodgers, but the Packers GM said that wasn't true. Whether or not that's the case, who knows, but we also weren't getting Aaron Rodgers. Uh, to And to lay this out on the table, like it, like we'll, we'll get into this, but obviously it's a lot to trade. It is a lot to give up for anybody, two first round picks, a third round pick and a quarterback. Now, they wanted Jared Goff. That's a report. The lines were actually high on him, but and they're going. He's probably going to be the starter all year, at least this year. But it's still a big contract to take on, and it might have It might have negated trading some picks. But it like the, I don't think Goff or Stafford. I mean, clearly that was never going to happen. There was a lot of offers on the table for Stafford. The one that became the most real and was the best offer was Carolina was offering the eighth pick in this year's draft packaged with a later pick in the draft for Stafford. They were the favorites to land him for most of the time. It got so close that apparently they were even in the process of getting Matthew Stafford's medicals from the Detroit Lions. Then the Rams swoop in, I guess, McVay, Sean McVay calls Stan Kroenke to kind of push him in the right direction and get him to throw or get him to approve throwing a second first round pick on the table for Matthew Stafford. So what you would think was the offer was one first, one third and Goff to get Stafford. They were going to go the Carolina direction. The Rams kind of their hand got forced. So they upped the offer. And so, yeah, so it's a lot to give up. um, But, It seems like Sean McVay got his guy so much so that my favorite part of the story, Johnny. I don't know if you heard this, but Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford were both in Cabo on Saturday and got dinner after the trade was announced, uh, which I love. Just like, just like a ridiculous cap to this story. Um, So I guess we'll start with this, man. Um, I have my case for this trade, but I'll let you give your thoughts first. All the details are laid out on the table. Do you think this was worth it?
2: So, obviously, one of the more disappointing aspects of the trade, if you want to call it that, is the people who are not in favor of this trade are looking at the draft capital, which, as you mentioned, Steve, that's a lot. It It, it is a lot because it's not that they just got draft capital, but they got... A starting quarterback in Jared Goff and doesn't matter how you feel about Goff whether you're high on him low on him he's still a starting quarterback in the NFL so you're adding that with these draft picks and it's a lot so I can understand why some people feel like it's too much but at the same time, you have to look at things a little differently than a normal trade. A normal trade, it's basically you you see what's on the surface and that's all you really need to know. This is so much more than that just because there's a lot more writing on this trade than just, you know, swapping picks or swapping quarterbacks. You know, this is basically giving Sean McVay the type of quarterback he's wanted. Basically, they're saying Sean McVay kind of came into the system with Jared Goff. They signed him to an extension. I don't know how much of it was him being a part of the decision-making on extending him, which I'm assuming he at least had some part and some say in it. But now he actually gets the quarterback that he claims that he's wanted in this league. And that means something, you know, that truly means something because you're talking about an offensive minded coach that really wants to implement a quarterback into his system that he feels that he can thrive in. And that pretty much sums up why Sean McVay wants him so you're taking a, a big risk here because you're you are investing a lot in your future draft capital. But here's the thing: not only are you getting your your quarterback the, he's your guy, or at least Sean McVay's guy, but you're also um, you're also giving away things like draft picks that they haven't really used in the past. What four seasons? They they haven't had a number one pick in the past four seasons, and yeah,
1: the, the last first round pick they made was Jared Goff.
2: Yeah, so there you have it. It's not something that they're, you know, it's not anything they're not used to, you know. And and the the truth is, because of how much homegrown talent that the Rams have, they. They really don't need it. I mean, yes, it, is it nice to have first-round draft picks? Of course, you know they are, in fact, more likely to become superstars than, say, somebody in the third or fourth round. That part is absolutely true. But is it a guarantee? No, not really. It, it's not. A, it's not a guarantee at all. Uh, in fact, you can you can name teams that have ha- drafted in the top. 10 for multiple years. Rams used to be one of those teams that still don't have anything to show for it. You know? So it's not a guarantee thing, but Matthew Stafford is somebody that can thrive in Sean McVay's system. You know? And ultimately, that's what you have to risk here. Is it a risky move? Absolutely. 100%. Was it a lot to give up? Of course. But at the end of the day, you're getting who you want in your offensive system. I think we can all agree that the quarterback position was a weakness in 2020. You could probably make an argument in 2019 also. And if you add this very important piece, it's not even just a piece. like I've been hearing this for for the past you know since this trade happened that it was a missing piece. No, it's not just a piece. It's like, it's like the most essential part of a team. You know, this is the piece to your team. And if he's not your guy, we just saw what happened in, in 2020. You know, if he's not your guy, you're not winning that much. You know, I mean, they still want a lot. They went to the playoffs. They got to the divisional round. They got spanked in the divisional round, but they went to the divisional round. It's trying to win a Super Bowl now. This is less need. This is Sean McVay telling the fans, telling the NFL, we're winning a Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl or bust. And if it if, if falls flat on their face then they're probably at least less needs probably looking for a job next year if if things don't work out. So, yeah, that's that's basically how I see this. It's risky. It's it's uh it's high risk, high reward um uh but to tell you the truth, I love this move and there really isn't anything anybody can tell me to convince me that this wasn't the right move to make.
1: And I'm not going to be the person to try and convince you of that, Johnny. Uh, I I am with you. It's like I think the it's it's a risky in the sense you're giving up these picks, but I mean in terms of going from Goff to Stafford, the absolute I think worst case scenario is that this is a lateral move that things don't necessarily improve, but they're not going to get worse. Like there's no way he walks in there and is worse than 2020 Jared Goff was and I think the odds of him walking in there and being the same as 2020 Jared Goff are absurdly low Uh, I think he is clearly a better quarterback than Jared Goff and I think he's been really hampered by being in a bad organization surrounded by bad players now yes he did have one of the best receivers of all time for a while sure but he also had some of the worst running back committees anyone has played with in the last decade Uh, to go along with having Calvin Johnson. But, yeah, I mean, you said it all. This this roster is built to win now. They are in a position to compete for a Super Bowl. Hell, they were in the top eight teams this year, and two years ago they were in the Super Bowl. Uh, And the last two years they were hampered by a bad offense that started with bad quarterback play. 2019? The offensive line was more of a concern. The running game was more of a concern. This year, both those things got solved, and the offense was still uninspiring in a lot of ways. Now, it was the offensive line and the running game weren't as good as they were in 2018 when Goff thrived, but I think it became clear that Goff is a guy that he's, yes, when you surround him with the perfect supporting cast, a top-five offensive line, a top-five running back, and a top-five receiving core, then sure, he's going to play great. But most NFL quarterbacks would play great in that situation. Uh, Matthew Stafford has been playing some really good football with bottom five defenses and bottom five running games and bad offensive lines. And he's always a decent receiving course. But even this year, uh, he played some pretty damn good football this year, better numbers than Jared Goff, and that's without Kenny Galladay for most of the year. His receivers were Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola and Quintus Cephas and guys that aren't great. Um, I mean – We'll talk about the, really, like, the the strengths of Stafford in in a little bit, but just what you're giving up in this trade, if you're a championship team, you go all-in on said team, and the Rams have been going all-in since 2017 when they realized, well, shit, we have a shot at this thing. They made, they, and, like, yeah, you'd love to have first-round picks, of course, but, The Rams have been trading first-round picks for established players and just picks for established players in general, and it's worked out Um, to varying degrees of success. I would say the year of Sammy Watkins was a positive. Uh, The Jalen Ramsey trade worked out and then some, uh, and they gave up two first-round picks in that trade to get him. So there's no different here. They've done this before. They'll do it again. They traded for him a year and a half ago, and they've been good. They were better with him on the team than they would have been with the – I don't know what was it the 17th pick last year um it's they they did it for Brandon Cooks they were better because of it they traded a second round pick for Marcus Peters they were better because of it they traded what a third round pick for Dante Fowler they were better because of that they're not afraid to make these moves they've never been afraid to make the move they've been making these moves for the past five years so it shouldn't come as a shock that they're doing it again and yeah it's a it's a steep price to give up for a 33 quarterback but the Rams, especially this version of the Rams team, has not been built on first round picks. And yes, a lot, of, there were first round picks that contributed to this team's success. But based on, like, you looked at the contributors from last year for a 10 and 16 that won a playoff game. One contributor on offense was a first round pick. That was Jared Goff. Four contributors on defense were first round picks. Two of them were guys drafted by the team. The others were Jalen Ramsey, who they gave up first round picks to get and Leonard Floyd, who they signed because that was a first-round pick that more or less didn't work out because newsflash, first-round picks always don't work out. And, like, you can look back to Lesney's tenure as an example that, yes, they had their year where they drafted Todd Gurley and that worked out and then some. Yes, they had Michael Brockers in 2012. He's still here. He's still playing. That was a good pick. But at the same time, 2013, they drafted Tavon Austin and Alec Ogletree. Those guys more or less didn't really work out the worked out to an extent. And then in 2014, it's kind of the perfect example of why we can value, we can overvalue first round picks at time. The Rams drafted Greg Robinson at two and Aaron Donald at uh, 13. One of those guys is one of the best players in football and the other guy isn't playing football. So it it is, it's a crapshoot and the Rams have proven that you can draft really good players in the second round and the third round, even in the sixth round with Jordan Fuller this year. They have a lot of contributors they've gotten from there and they have contributors they've gotten from, you know, undrafted and guys like that. Now, is it smart to rely on undrafted players for a lot of these positions? No, but they have more or less been drafting really well in the mid rounds. And I think that's why you can feel pretty confident about this. And they're not afraid to make moves to sign players um, and to just go out and get players who are on the trade market, they they have been afraid to do it, and I think this is a team that they're built to win now. They have two elite players on defense that are paying tons of money. They have a lot of guys that they're paying a lot of money to. When your window your window is thin in the NFL, and we won't be ready for it to close because it is just going to slam shut out of nowhere, but right now we're in the window, and as long as Aaron Donald is in his prime and Jalen Ramsey's playing behind him, I think that window is going to remain open. and upgrading the quarterback position to the level that they think this trade is going to upgrade it to, because let's be honest, they don't believe in Jared Goff anymore, uh, and clearly they believe in Matthew Stafford. You go do it because your window closes quickly, and you need to put the team in place to win, to do it. And that's part of the reason why we said we both agreed that in 2018 when they extended Jared Goff, it was the right call because they, really, they played great with him. In, or sorry, in 2019. In 2018, he played great. He had proven that they could win with him. But that dwindled pretty drastically over the last two years, and now you make a similar move to go all-in to put yourself in a position to win. Uh, I think it's a slight overpay in a vacuum for what Matthew Stafford is worth in 2021, but if they didn't overpay, they weren't getting him, and I would rather overpay for him than not get him. Because, Johnny, I don't know about you, I'd rather overpay for a delicious meal then spend one dollar and eat something shitty.
2: Oh, absolutely! That's actually a really good analogy there. Good, good job on that one, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's actually that—that's very good analogy because I—I I tell that to my to my dad a lot. My dad, he's the type of guy who who hard worker, one of the hard, hardest worker you'll ever come across in your life. So he's always out for saving a buck which is good. It's a good thing to do from, from time to time. But if you're going to pay, you know, like for a $3 steak, believe it or not, that does exist. If you're going to pay for a $3 steak, it's probably not going to be a very good steak. If you're going to pay, I don't know, 50 bucks for, for, a, for a quality steak, which one are you more opted to like? You you're probably going to go for the $50 stake, right? Um if you don't have it then you don't have it. Then that's a different story, but if you have if you have the money, you have the choice between getting a $3 stake and a $50 stake, you're going to choose the $50 stake every time. So that's basically what what we're doing here. We're comparing quarterbacks to stakes now. <laughs> hey,
1: they're they're the stake of the offense, man. They're the most valuable piece you have yeah. that quarterback it's very hard to win
2: yeah it, and it's true and the funny thing is i i heard arguments about this too what if jared goff has an amazing uh season with with detroit uh what what then and the truth is who cares you know uh i i don't wish ill of jared goff i i wish him well i hope he has a good season in detroit and I, it's not very likely considering what they have there, but they're trying to change culture there, so maybe something great will happen. But one thing that Steve and I have been harping on since Jared Goff was drafted is that Jared Goff is a system quarterback. So when the system fits his fits his uh, skill set, it works. The offense changed, and they tried to change it to the point where Jared Goff can actually thrive in the system. Unfortunately, something went south. I don't know what it was. I don't know if Jared Goff just didn't like playing in Los Angeles anymore, or he just didn't like Sean McVay's coaching style, which is a possibility considering the fallout these two had. But whatever the case may be, rather than staying with the guy for the next, at the very least, two years. You know, they went out and tried to find the right piece to the puzzle here. And that's that's something you really got to remember. Now, if you look at the rest of the league, there are a lot of teams out there that would stick with their quarterback because he's under contract. And they don't really think outside the box like Les Snead does to try and get their team to the next level. Uh, A good example is probably the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously Derek Carr has not been the answer for them for the past couple of seasons. He, He had a solid season when he took the Raiders to the playoffs that one time before suffering a broken leg, but after that he hasn't really done much of anything. Now some of that isn't all on him. But regardless, rather than trying to to move on from him, I mean, in fairness, I guess they brought in Marcus Mariota. But really, were you did anybody think Marcus Mariota was gonna take the job from Derek Carr? I'm even if he did, that's not that's not a good option. There's a reason why the Tennessee Titans didn't bother to re sign him. You know? <laughs> yep there's a big reason why they didn't and they went after they went with oh god Tannehill hey
1: Ooh. no Tannehill slander on this podcast
2: hey you know what uh I'll give credit where credit's due Tannehill surprised me a little this past season I still don't see the hype that everyone else sees in him but w- whatever. I'm, a, I'm a
1: believer but topic for another podcast
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's a Tannehill believer Uh, guys i know we're all
1: sad about the nfl season wrapping up here but we still got a lot to look forward to in the next couple months we still got the returning nba and nhl they're back we've got plenty of other sports to keep us occupied i always tell people if they want to add a little excitement to the sports they love they should be heading over to my bookie and getting in on some of the action i use my bookie for one simple reason they're the best They'll even hook you up with a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000 when you sign up, and they'll keep the good times rolling with giveaways, free bets, and huge contests all year long. Want to get on MyBookie and get that get that big deposit bonus? It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code RAMSTALK, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. That's promo code RAMSTALK. No spaces in that. Just R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K. Head over to MyBookie today and start off 2021 on the right foot. This year...
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: Yeah. I am yeah, like you, you, the, if sticking with Joe Goff cause he's under contract and cause he's been your guy is exactly how to not win in the NFL. Uh, and it's something that it seems like the Eagles are about to do with Carson Wentz is stick with him for another year, even though he's clearly not the guy and you, you, you made a mistake signing him to that contract. And to the Rams credit, let has signed a lot of shitty extensions. Jared got being one of them. Although, I mean, hindsight is ridiculously 2020 on that. I think at the time it was, and I'll still stand by it. I think it was the right move at the time and I would have done the same thing, but obviously it has aged like milk. Um, he's not afraid to eat cap and not afraid to, there's no sunk cost with less need in Sean McVay right now. Next year, they're going to be paying $30 million to Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. And neither of those guys will be on the team. And you know what? The team is going to be better for it because they were okay with eating those costs and eating that money. And I think you mentioned if, like if Jared Goff does good in Detroit, I'm with you, man. He's a great dude. He seems like a really nice guy, a really genuine guy. Like, Seems like he'd be a good time to be around also as, like, a good person. I I hope he fucking thrives in Detroit. But for us, for our purposes, if the Rams offense is better with Matthew Stafford at quarterback next season, if their passing game is improved, if the offense is improved as a whole, it doesn't matter if Jared Goff wins MVP. For us, it was still the right trade because if – like if by some fluke, Jared Goff wins MVP next year. That wasn't the guy we had on our roster last year. And I would still stand by the trade unless like Matthew Stafford goes out there and it's the worst quarterback in the NFL. If the offense is better under Matthew Stafford, then you made the right move and it doesn't matter what happens with the other guy.
2: Let's get, let's get one thing straight though. Uh, Jared Goff, while he, I, I do hope that he has a, a great season I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that he basically downgraded an offense. No disrespect to the the Lions, because I I I am a, a Galladay fan. I think he um, I think he's a very age. he might not even be there. Ah, uh, I I didn't even realize. Uh, yeah, never mind. Well, I, I, unless unless he wants to stick to, because let's face it, Detroit's gonna try and and sign him. Yeah, he um, might he
1: might be back, but.
2: But and yeah. I guess I could always tag him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, okay, let, let's say for the sake of argument, let's say Galladay's back next season. That That's a That's a very talented receiver. Uh, beyond that, I don't know, man. I mean, Marvin Jones, he has his moments.
1: Also a free agent. And, and I, I don't think. <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> I, I, think there's a, I think there's a decent chance Galladay's back because of the franchise tag, but I, I don't think Marvin Jones is there. And beyond, um, like, yeah, beyond Marvin Jones, like, Hawkinson's good. Yeah. Um, not great. Not yet. He might be. Uh, DeAndre Swift is really good, but their line's not great. And, yeah, if it's Galladay and a box of scraps in the receiving core, uh, it's not an upgrade from what he was doing here, and he wasn't doing great here.
2: The funny thing is I, I was listening to, I, I think it was somebody on ESPN. I, I forget his name, but I was listening to somebody who was trying to say that the trade was the wrong move to make for the Rams, which, hey, if, if you're talking based on draft capital, if you think that because that was too much, okay, fine, I can understand. But this particular analyst, was kind of, like, I disagreed with him on so many levels, which, hey, you know, we all have an opinion, doesn't mean mine's correct, but I'm going to say that he's in the minority here. He basically said that the Rams really uh, downgraded the offense because he felt Jared Goff was the best offensive producer on on the Rams offense, and I just couldn't take that seriously because don't get me wrong, I think Goff has talent in him, and like I said, put him in the right system, and I think he could thrive. But to sit here and say that he was the best player on our offense in 2020, you're you're smoking something. Because, you, you, you know, I, again, I don't want to talk too much against him, because I think he's a good guy. But... He was clearly the weak point Of the Rams yeah. in 2020
1: That guy hasn't watched Joe Goff play in two years
2: No he really I, I think and that's, that's what I think A lot of people who are against this trade Are thinking is this is the guy That took the Rams to the Super Bowl In 2020 and yes He may in name and in body Be that player But from what we saw on the field This past two seasons Really he's not the same player He's clearly not and you know, <laughs> just hearing his argument, just it, it actually kind of hurt because he was saying that he felt Galladay was a better receiver. Which okay, you can make an argument when healthy. Uh, this he can go toe to toe with with Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, but he was saying that Marvin Jones was a better option uh, as a, as the second guy. I'm like, really? No, no. In what universe? And,
1: and Galladay didn't play this year. He played two games, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, That that's... Uh, so I'm like thinking... Okay, so let's say that they bring both of those guys back from free agency. I still would much rather have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup over Galladay and Jones. In a heartbeat. I, and I think any sane person would think so also. And as far as the running back situation, well, I I can't talk anything bad about DeAndre Swift, but I, I'm i a big fan of Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. You know, I, I don't know who, who's going to be the third guy back, but... Um, Won't matter. Yeah, I, I mean, these two are clearly the future of the Rams' ground game, and... Really, DeAndre Swift needs another guy to compliment him, and it's... <laughs> I, I don't know if Adrian Peterson's that guy anymore. He clearly... <laughs> I, I, I don't know if... I, I think Peterson needs to hang it up, honestly.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I think Swift was good. they He wasn't used right under Patricia. I, there's a lot of variables there, but like this season, Kenny Galladay barely played, so his, his receiving options, his top ones, were... Mar- Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, Danny Amendola, Quentin Cephas, like not good players—and Stafford with with a bad offense around him finished sixty-eight or he finished fifteenth uh, in QBR with sixty-eight point five on a five and five and ten team, five and ten, five and eleven team, right? Um, Jared Goff finished twenty-three, fifty-eight point five on a ten and six team. Uh, quarterback rating Matthew Stafford 96.3 finished 14th Jerichoff 90 finished 23. Uh, I mean clearly Stafford was a better player this year with a worse team around him and if you were to say this stuff like like last year if after last season the Rams made this trade I yeah I I would have said that Stafford was um better. But if the Rams made this exact trade with these draft with the draft capital in it last year, I would say it's insane to to make that decision because he's not that much better. But this year, given just the lack of progression we saw from Jared Goff, he continues to look nothing like he did in 2018. Um, and Matthew Stafford, who bounced back from his pretty much is the only injury he's had in the last decade, uh, bounced back and played well on on a bad team. I'm good, man. It's clearly uh, it's a risk worth taking to me. And yeah, he's a little older, but he's only 33. Tom Brady is still playing at 43 in the Super Bowl. Like I, like you mentioned before, like uh, I don't, or I, I saw in your article, you mentioned that Stafford might not be the long term answer and is more of a short term investment. But I wouldn't be shocked if he's the quarterback for the next five years. I uh, it would not, I would not shock me at all. I if he keeps healthy, I think he's still going to be playing pretty good in five years. Uh.
2: To to kind of defend myself a little bit, I I do kind of agree with you, Steve. I do think that if uh, Matthew Stafford continues to perform on the level that he has been, I I agree. I think he can certainly be signed to um, a longer contract, and you know he, he he's the quarterback for the Rams uh, for five more years. I think that's another kind of point to the trade. I'll I'll, I'll get to that in a, a second. But, um, basically what I meant by that is this is considering if the Rams could afford him when this is all said and done, yeah, like, after his two point. years. Yeah, I, I knowing Sneed, he's the guy that likes to use every bit of the salary cap, which, hey, you know, you got it, why not? But it also has some repercussions by doing that, and that's not being able to sign some of your players And, you know, we're going to see some very talented guys uh, leave the the Rams in 2021 because of this decision making. Uh, So there are some negative aspects to, you know, doing going this route. But um, what I going back to what I meant by uh, the point of this trade. So one of the things that I think analysts and, and people around the league have kind of chimed in on is one of the hardest positions to get right in the NFL is quarterback. And it's one of the reasons why Steve mentioned that trades for quarterbacks, they just don't happen. Uh, at least high level quarterbacks, they, they just, they don't happen. So, it, you know, to find that right quarterback for your system it sometimes takes decades to find that right quarterback. Just ask the Cleveland Browns. You know, it's it's hard to, to find that right quarterback, especially if you're a team that's winning, especially if you're a team that had to move on from a retired quarterback, whatever the case may be. So it's much easier to sign a free agent if you can or to uh to trade for him. If if you're if you can. And in this case, less need made it happen. So keeping in mind that if Stafford continues to put up big numbers, this is a guy that you want for the future. If you can if you can sign him, if you can keep him under contract, you keep him happy, keep the offense happy this will be what you want for your future. And I am very confident moving forward that Stafford is gonna be that guy.
1: Yeah, I was looking at a list of like the the biggest quarterbacks that have been traded and like the only real long term established quarterback that has gotten traded in the last couple of years besides Jay Cutler. Um and that was healthy. Like Dante Culpepper got traded, but he was he was destroyed when he got traded. Uh, was Drew Bledsoe, who I mean, worked out for the Bills when they traded for him. Uh, he played pretty well in Buffalo. Uh, I believe he. I believe he got him to the playoffs. But <laughs> yeah, man. And so I. I, I want to defend Matthew Stafford for a little bit. Uh, can we? <laughs> can we do that? I. <laughs> A big, a big knock people have thrown out on Matthew Stafford that, like, yeah, before when when it was rumored that this might happen, there was a lot more Goff defenders on Rams Twitter than there were after the trade. There were still out there um, who were saying it's not worth trading up because Jared Goff is is better, and a lot of them were pointing to the playoff success. And to Goff's credit, he has playoff success. He's won a couple of playoff games. Matthew Stafford has won none. But let me, let me just start throwing out the reasons why that's kind of a ridiculous thing. In that. Matthew Stafford is even though he hasn't won a playoff game, he is a winning football player. Uh yes, he won no playoff wins, but he has no playoff wins, but as I mentioned, one time in his career he had a top 10 defense in his 10-11 years in Detroit. They had a top 10 defense once. It was really good defense. They won 11 and 5. They came dangerously close to beating the Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs. That loss was not on him. Uh he played a good game. That. It just didn't happen. There was, there was a lot of reasons why. Line fans, I'm sure, if you ask them about that game, will tell you a lot of reasons why they lost. He, he, yes, he had Calvin Johnson, and after that he did have Kenny Galladay, so he had good one receivers while he was there, pretty pretty consistently, more or less. But, like, beyond that guy, Calvin Johnson was on on an island a lot of seasons until they brought in Golden Tate, and that that did help, but... <sighs> Yes, he played with an all-time great receiver, and maybe that helped his stats, but offensively, and a big reason why they had no, um, not a lot of success in the playoffs and really just in general, they had one player run for 1,000 yards while Stafford was the quarterback. Johnny, can you name this running back, the one running back to run for 1,000 yards for Detroit in the last 11 years?
2: Oh, man. Who would it be?
1: I'll give you a hint. He tore his ACL at the Edward Jones Dome in horrific fashion.
2: Oh um Oh God, I forget his name, but he's former SC running back.
1: Well, not really he he never played for USC according to the record books.
2: Really? or maybe I'm thinking of someone else No you're what?
1: thinking of it's Reggie Bush. Never oh. officially played for USC. Never won a Heisman either.
2: Oh, that's true. That you, You're right about that.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, Reggie Bush. And, like, if you're sitting there thinking Reggie Bush played for the Lions, that says all you need to know about, like, how bad the running back situation was. In 160 starts, Johnny, they had a 100-yard rusher 11 times over 160 games. Like, that is comically terrible. And it's not, and they, and they never had good running backs. They they were shuffling guys like, take you down memory lane a little bit. Job at best, Mikellashore, Joyc Bell, Amir Abdullah, Carryon uh, Johnson. Like they never had a running game when Stafford was there, and they finally start to get one off the ground. Maybe with DeAndre Swift, I think he is going to be good. Uh, he was pretty good this year, but. <laughs> and he's gone. Like, he never had a running game. He never had a defense. He never had great offensive lines. Quarterbacks can win, and yes, they 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 play more of a part in it, more than a lot of other positions. But most quarterbacks can't win by themselves. The quarterbacks that can win games by themselves are first-bat Hall of Famers like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady uh, and maybe even Russell Wilson, although he's a little more inconsistent, and he's lost to do a lot of games too. Uh, And I I put this out on Twitter, and it got a lot of respect um, from the people. Thank you, guys. Like, we are the fan base that has championed Steven Jackson as a guy who was so underrated because he played on a bad team for so long. It was not his fault that the teams were so bad. If he was on another team, he'd probably be in the Hall of Fame. It's the same fucking thing, man. Matthew Stafford plays for a franchise that has won one playoff game in the last 55 years. In the entire Super Bowl era, they won one— Playoff game. Like, it is not his fault that they didn't win a playoff game. And if you look at um, the stat of the most fourth-quarter comebacks by quarterbacks in NFL history, Matthew Stafford is tied for seventh. This The guys above him are all going to be in the Hall of Fame or are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was the only borderline guy, and he's probably going to be a 1st battle Hall of Famer, realistically. it's He has 31 fourth-quarter comeback drives, seventh most all-time uh, in the last the last four years when Jared Goff was starter, and even considering all the games Jared Goff won, uh, Stafford had 11 fourth-quarter comebacks or game-winning drives, and Jared Goff had eight. In 2016 alone, the Lions won nine games, and Matthew Stafford had eight comebacks or and game-winning drives in that season. Uh, so, no, he hasn't won a playoff game. But this is a guy who I think has had immense success in the NFL at winning and has shown he's a winner. And it's not, a, like, it's not something I'd ever be concerned going into a playoff game with Matthew Stafford being like, well, he doesn't want to playoff game. Like, the guy's a winner. He's a baller. He's played winning football. He's been saddled with bad teams in a bad situation. And, yes, he had a Hall of Fame receiver in Calvin Johnson for a long time, but he did not have much else to go with beyond that.
2: Well, let me go on record here and saying uh, that if you're making the argument about Matthew Stafford not winning a playoff game and that's why he's not a very good quarterback, that's got to be one of the biggest piss poor arguments you could come up <laughs> with. It, it really is because I, if you're trying to make the point that he's not Patrick Mahomes, the Rams didn't have a chance in trying to get a guy like Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs wouldn't give up Patrick Mahomes, even if the Rams gave them, you know, their first round picks for the next 10 years. It just wouldn't happen. And that's why when I heard reports about Aaron Rodgers, the Rams are, you know, approaching for Aaron Rodgers, I was like, huh, that was pretty ballsy of of, uh, less need. But you got to inquire, man. You got to ask. And hey, you know, if it's true, kudos to him. But even, you know, I, I don't know if the the Packers are just, you know, trying to, you know, blow smoke or whatever the case may be, but, it, you know, obviously that wasn't going to happen either. You know, the, the Packers know what they have in Aaron Rodgers, and even if Rodgers isn't 100% happy in Green Bay, they're going to hold on to him like hell. And, you know, I suspect the same is going to happen with the Texans. They may, you know, because Deshaun Watson is, is, uh, you know, basically saying, I want out, they're going to quote unquote, listen to offers, but are they going to take them seriously? Probably not. And I think you have a more likelihood of Watson sitting out the 2021 season than him actually being traded. That's unless they get a trade package that they absolutely cannot refuse I, I doubt that that the, the Texans are gonna give up Deshaun Sean Watson. That's basically how I feel there. Uh, but that's a separate topic. So this is this is why you really need to listen here about the type of quarterback that you're getting in Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's talented. He's certainly one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Is he an elite quarterback? I would say no. But again, we've never seen Matthew Stafford in a very good offense. You know, we've seen him in uh decent offenses at best, but not anything near what the Rams have here. The Rams have a really good offense, and you could make an argument that it's elite. You really could. The offensive line is decent. It's not anything spectacular, but it's decent. You have a very good receiving core. You have... Eh, I don't know what you have in a tight end, to be honest. That's still a mystery. But you have at least a decent tight end, at worst. And now you have an up-and-coming uh, dynamic duel of a running back core. So, yeah, this this is going to help Matthew Stafford a lot. He may not be a top 5 quarterback, but you can certainly make an argument of him being in the top 10. And I I don't think that's a stretch. I really don't. I think he's talented enough to be there. If you're if you're hoping for a Patrick Mahomes, I think you're going to be disappointed. If you're hoping for somebody more feasible and, you know, somebody that can certainly win games for you, I think that Matthew Stafford's your guy, and I, I have to say the the playoff thing, yeah, not a good argument. I, I think there there have been quarterbacks that have been great in this league that haven't even whiffed a a, a playoff game, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, just just wait, guys. Wait. I I think if you're a Matthew Stafford doubter, I think that you're gonna be extremely surprised and probably be singing the praises of Snead because I I really don't think some of the fans out there know exactly the type of quarterback that Matthew Stafford could be.
1: He's, I, I would say he's probably never been a top five quarterback maybe, but he's pretty consistently been in like the seven to 12 range if you're ranking quarterbacks. And I would say even right now, like I, I went through the list of teams and, thought about what quarterbacks for next year exclusively i'd rather have than stafford like nine or ten maybe which is great which is like a great place to be in uh, there's a lot i'd rather have than jared goff and like yeah jared goff at one point i would have put him in that range too after the 2018 season but after this year and last year he's not even close to that level um stafford is a really really good quarterback he always has been and he slings it man he, he goes out there and he slings. He doesn't turn the ball over as much as Goff, um, especially fumbles. Last year he fumbled one time or lost one fumble on 38 sacks compared to Goff who got sacked 23 times and lost four fumbles. Uh, so he protects the ball. He, he he turns it over a little bit in interceptions but not much. Um, and a, a stat that will stand out to kind of like the testament of the player we're getting compared to what we had on throws over 20 yards last year, Stafford threw 13 touchdowns and six interceptions. Jerichoff threw four touchdowns and six interceptions on throws over 20 yards. So half of Matthew Stafford's touchdowns came on throws of 20 or more yards. And that's just a factor. And he barely had Kenny Galladay this season. Uh, he was throwing, he, throwing a lot of touchdowns to Marvin Jones, who is a good deep threat a guy who I would love if the Rams found a way to get this offseason and add him in as their deep on their offense. But as your number one receiver, not great. And Stafford is still slinging it and making things work with him as his number one receiver. He's uh, he's just good, man. He's a really good quarterback who's never who has never been in a position like this. He's never really had a great coach. He's never had a great coach. He's maybe never even had a good coach. I mean, the best coach he's had is either Jim Schwartz or – uh, Jim Caldwell it is Jim Schwartz right that's his name
2: yeah I believe it was Schwartz
1: yeah I know his last name was Schwartz I wasn't sure if it was Jim but Schwartz or Caldwell take your pick um there's a lot of debate on whether or not those guys are good coaches and they are not coaching in the NFL anymore as head coaches so maybe they weren't and then we all know Matt Patricia was not a good coach I think that's very clearly established um so, yeah, man, I think he's going to thrive. I I feel really good about it. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, in the coming weeks. But uh, there are some things that we might need to do on the margins of this offense to really put him in the position to succeed, like we think he can. But I I would not be surprised if he had the best year of his career next year in the in the system.
2: I I'm actually counting on it. I I really am. I think as you know, as a fan or as a non-fan, you got to look at this offense. You know, I, I think there's more that the Rams could lose on defense than they are going to lose on offense. Because if we look at free agency, the biggest loss will be Josh Reynolds, who he's a good option. I, I think that he he's uh, uh, an option that you would like to have, but... If he leaves the Rams, are you going to lose sleep over it? Not really, because you have Van Jefferson there, who's a a young and rising guy. Uh, The other guy, Gerald Everett, who was essentially a non-factor this year, really somebody that's kind of disappointed uh, for most of his career, except for maybe 2018. I don't know how much of that was him, or maybe the the way the offense ran last year I don't know uh too much but to tell you the truth I'm going to I'm going to say that it it was probably because of how the offense was ran and I I think Everett has a lot of potential but he's just not very consistent so when you consider those two are your biggest potential departures in terms of offensive weapons you have solid players there you know you have two really good receivers on your team in cup and woods and like like you said steve the the running backs are are up and coming and definitely an upgrade i would say than what Stafford has been used to. You You can make an argument that Swift is a talented guy and is just as talented as maybe Akers, but behind him I don't know if you can make an argument that they have a dynamic duo like the Rams have with Akers and Henderson. But regardless, this is going to be a scary offense. And I, I think that Stafford will certainly thrive here. I think this is everything Stafford has wanted, and I think it's a dream come true for both for both teams, really.
1: Yeah, I think everyone wins in this scenario, um, at least for Stafford and the Rams. And we, I'm sure, we will talk a lot about this uh, in the coming weeks. It's going to be very fun to talk about. Let's end though with uh, let's kind of put the cap on the Jared Goff era a bit here. So the Rams are going to eat $22 million in dead cap with him going. It's the highest dead cap hit in NFL history. Do you know what the previous high was, Johnny? That would be probably Todd Gurley. Close. It was Brandon Cooks. Uh, They ate a $21 million dead cap with Brandon Cooks. Uh, so, yeah, they're not paying Cooks anymore, I don't think. I think they got all of that done last year. They are paying Goff and Todd Gurley $30 million, as I mentioned earlier, to not be on the team this year. It's clear that, like, with Todd Gurley and with Brandon Cooks, to I think a much lesser extent than Gurley and Goff, the Rams would rather pay these guys to be on the team than to not be here. But – they didn't believe in them anymore, and they didn't believe that they were going to help the team win, and as a result, they had to get rid of them. And in the case of Gurley, it was the absolute right call. Uh, he, I hate to say it. It makes me sad, but he looked cooked this year. Uh, and um, <laughs> it makes me sad, man. It's such a bummer. I'm glad, he, I'm glad he made a lot of money while he was here, but uh, he was so good. Um, and, and with Goff, I think it's also going to be the right decision. You look at that contract, that, Less Sneeds signed. Two years ago, we came on this, the, this podcast and said it was the right decision because you had a guy that was built to win, that we know could win with the team, and you lock him up. And if you don't lock him up, you risk him playing really well and basically being in a situation that the Cowboys are in with Dak Prescott right now, which is you have this really good quarterback who's a free agent. You're either going to have to franchise tag him, make him unhappy that he's not signed, or pay him a shitload of money because the the contracts go up every year and that's what the Rams avoided risking. But the other part of the risk was that you'd be sitting here where we are right now with the quarterback who hasn't gotten better. Um, and just you're stuck with that contract. And if you're going to, if you want to move it, you're going to have to eat a lot. You're, you're going to have to eat a lot of money. You might have to give up some assets and they had to do a little bit of both. Luckily they got Matthew Stafford back in return, but it makes, makes it a lot easier, but it's, I don't think anyone could have envisioned in the Rams that Goff would not only not progress since 2018, but get worse. You know, if he's still the same exact player uh, doing the same exact things that he was doing that season, he'd still be our quarterback. Uh, We'd all be a little upset that he hasn't gotten better, but he's gotten worse. And I think that's what the big concern was. And that's why he's not here anymore.
2: Yeah, there's no question that if if uh Goff continued to play at the level he was playing in 2018 there's no question whatsoever that he's our our quarterback in 2021 and probably beyond even if he didn't improve which i i think that you would hope he would but even if he was you know the same kind of quarterback a guy that uh could take shots downfield and you you didn't feel like You didn't feel super, super great about it. But at least you were confident enough that he would make good decisions. Because in 2018, he made fairly good decisions. You know, not always, but he did. And then this year, I cringed every time. I clenched every time this guy (laughs) threw the ball down the field. And I think we all clenched a little bit. You know, every time this this guy threw the ball down the field. And, you know, it's not it's not to take a shot at Jared Goff. It was reality. I mean, you look at some of his interceptions and my God, this guy, like I I can't even justify some of these interceptions. You can sometimes justify interceptions by being pressured or having the ball batted. But there were times where there wasn't even a receiver in the vicinity. And, And I think back to even like the New York Jets game, the New York Jets, the team that hadn't won yet. And Jared Goff threw the ball directly at, at a defender. Dude, if he didn't throw, a, throw the
1: ball in the Dolphins game, we'd probably win. If we just <laughs> handed it off every play, we probably would have won the game. We lost, we lost the Jets game in large part to him, but also the defense gave up way too many points to the fucking Jets. True. But we lost that Miami game he swung that game and let's be honest johnny that's the only game he swung this year he didn't swing a game in favor of the rams like he did in 2018 against the vikings and in a way against the chiefs as well um and i'm sure there's other games i'm forgetting but he didn't swing the pendulum in favor of the rams in any games this year there were games that he won where he played fine sure uh seattle playoff game is one of them but he didn't swing any games for the rams and you need a quarterback if you want to win a super bowl that is capable of doing that You can win without a quarterback that's capable of doing that. But you have to have legitimately one of the best defenses of all time. Teams have done it. I don't think the Rams were at that level last year, although it was a really elite defense. Uh, We were not the 85 Bears. But he he, he swung one game, really um in fi- for or against the rams and it was heavily against it and we lost that miami game because of him and probably because of nobody else other than maybe the offensive line and maybe sean McVeigh.
2: oh that's absolutely true and and what <laughs> one thing that that kind of makes me laugh is the stat about cooper cup and he was third in the league of getting yards after the catch keep in mind that Cooper Cup is not a speedster. You know, this is this is a stat that generally benefits a receiver that is that is, you know, booking it downfield. Cooper Cup was not booking it downfield. He had to fight for every single freaking yard that he could get. And that's why Cooper Cup is one of the better receivers in the league, because he could he couldn't get the extra yardage. And while yes, he has that talent and everything, he had to do that because that's basically what the offense had resorted to. It was basically just golf dumping the ball off and praying that Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, or Josh Reynolds can, you know, fight for the extra yardage for the first down. That is not a healthy offense. That is that I don't know what that is. That that's that's having really good offensive weapons and just having a terrible piece at the quarterback position. I'm sorry, but that's, that's just reality. And before we wrap this up, I know we need to wrap this up pretty soon. I I have to defend my boy Brandon Cooks. I don't think that the Rams gave up on Brandon Cooks because they thought he was a terrible wide receiver. I think they gave up on Brandon Cooks because they gave up on Jared Goff throwing the deep ball. And I, I don't blame them.
1: That, that's a great point. Well, I think it was a combination of that's probably part of it. Um, the injuries, the concussions were frightening last year. And, and they got a second-round pick back for him. You know, if they don't get a good I – don't, I don't think they would have caught Brandon Cooks. Uh, I think he would have been on the team if they couldn't get anything back for him. But, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a great point about not on the deep ball. And clearly, like, clearly he's still good. He had a good year. Um, I I will defend the trade still. I think it was the right call, but guys, this guy still clearly got some juice.
2: Yeah, it, it was all quarterback, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah.
1: We well, we didn't give Jared Goff his player grade yet, so we we could touch on kind of like Goff's legacy with the Rams and everything on on the next pod. Um, one thing I do want to I do want to shout out, and I I'm trying to pull up the the game here. So, like one, one another knock that I, I forgot to mention was that Matthew Stafford only has one Pro Bowl, and that's another thing that people could throw out, and it is a fair thing to throw out. But in 2011, he threw for 5,000 yards, 41 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions, and did make the Pro Bowl. Aaron Rodgers made it. Drew Brees made it. Eli Manning made it. Went through <laughs> because he was in the Super Bowl. That's how long ago it was. And uh, Cam Newton was his replacement. So it's not like... It's kind of like the Isaac Bruce thing where he had multiple years where he could have made it and just didn't. Uh, it happens to some players. It's not like, Matt Stafford sucks because he made one Pro Bowl. Uh, it's a surprising stat, but it doesn't tell nearly the whole story about who he
2: is. The Pro Bowl is a joke anyway. That Let's is, be real. Yeah,
1: yeah, that is also true. Um, <laughs> All right, man. Well... That was a fun pod and we have a new quarterback and it's very exciting and I have to get rid of all my Jared Goff jerseys.
2: <laughs> I never had a Goff jersey, so I'm okay.
1: I had two. I bought one of them myself and I, too. My last shout out on this podcast, to Jared Goff is I bought a Jared Goff color rush jersey in week one of the 2016 season, watching the Rams just get fucking obliterated by the 49ers on Monday night football Their first game as the LA Rams. I was so upset and just like distraught that I ordered this jersey just to give myself like a little hope about the future. And to Jared's credit, he delivered on it for a while. And, you know, I'll appreciate his time here. And we'll talk more about that next week.
2: I'll give a shout out myself. One of the best football games I've ever been to was the Rams versus Chiefs game. And let me tell you, Jared Goff lit it up. That was easily one of the best games he's ever had, and you know what? To tell you the truth, um, I don't know if we win without him in this game, in that game. You know, he was he wasn't perfect, but damn, he was he was lights out that game, and he treated the fans of LA to a really good show that game. So you know, again, it, it may have not worked out for the past few seasons for Jared Goff in LA, but I have to say, I I'm I'm still hoping for the guy. I really hope he rejuvenates his career, and uh, you know, no know ill feelings from me. So, yeah,
1: yeah, I'll be rooting for him, man, for sure. Um, and, and we'll give him a report card grade on the pod next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, Spoiler: guys. It's not good. <laughs> It'll probably be harsher now, for being honest. Um. <laughs> Don't forget, if you haven't followed us on Twitter, at C. Ribeiro, at Johnny596, at TalkRams. If you need more Stafford Goth Breakdown and you haven't listened to Derek's Pod from Sunday night, go give that a listen, and we will talk to you guys next week.
0: About threw up, right? Have a little bit more social awareness. That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties, all right?